Okay, in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, one God. I mean, welcome everyone as we uh, come back again. You know, last week we had uh, a college uh, winter retreat, so we weren't here, uh, but it's good to be back again and to uh, continue our study again. Um, we've been and still at uh, studying the Gospel of St. Mark and uh, about, hopefully, I'm excited to hopefully, hopefully finish the chapter four today uh, again. Uh, for those who are starting with us for the first time, welcome. Uh, and uh, we've been actually taking our time in the in the in the study and the scripture itself. But again, our goal is to dig deeper and deeper, and our goal also is to uh, expose ourselves into um, the teaching of the fathers. So that's another thing that we're doing also in the gospel in the Bible study, as we do on Saturday. Also, kind of uh, introduce the thoughts of the of the fathers, not only just studying, but also. Uh, understanding where uh, and how the fathers of the church actually looked at uh, at those passages. So, uh, just as a reminder, again, that uh, that uh, in in the past few weeks, as you've been studying, we've been talking about uh, establishing three things. If you remember those, right? What were they? Kind of like go back again to 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 one of your bit have. You go back again to uh, the, 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 the whole uh, flow of the chapter. So again, just before that, St. Mark, as I was just talking to St. Mark, the evangelist, who was the one who, who preached and started Christianity in Egypt, one of the apostles, and uh, went into Egypt after Pentecost uh, and wrote his gospel, the gospel of St. Mark, from, uh, from, from uh, Alexandria and uh, introduce the whole christianity into into the the the, the nation and then became again that uh, part of africa that first started christianity in africa and as we were discussing uh spread into the neighbors into sudan ethiopia and then from all other parts of, of africa also as we always say um with that we, we've been talking about the 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 character of the or, or the, qual the 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 characteristics of the gospel as uh, something that is short something that is fast paced and something that is really to the point itself and why is that if you remember we we're talking about uh, mark as portraying christ as what if you remember that portraying him as the as the the lion, in a way, starts with with a, with a, with a voice crying in the wilderness, but also portraying Christ as the servant. Remember, as the servant, right? The servant, the one that came in order to serve the people through what he is doing, right? And then we talked about, you know, again, that's why in the beginning of the gospel, it never started with the details of the birth of Christ, like like the other uh, gospels, right? Uh, with 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 the detail. Uh, story, but straightforward right away to the passage and to the to the ministry and everything. Uh, chapter four that we've been studying again, we're, we were focusing on what he wants to do uh, in 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 the gospel, which is establishing new people, new family, and new kingdom. Right when we talked about this from the time that he was there and he was looking at the people, and we thought you know there's a difference between the people who were just passing by that didn't want to be part of the family, but just wanted to be part of the crowd, right? And he said, like, that's that's not what I want. And then when he looked at those who were sitting, if you remember that sitting and listening to the word of God, and said, these are the ones that are, those who are doing my will would be my brother, my sister, and my mother. This is my family. I don't want people just to pass by me, but I want people to actually sit and listen, and not only listen, to become uh, part of the of the family, but also part of the kingdom. So he's starting a new family, new uh, people, and new kingdom. And as he was talking about the new kingdom, that's why in the last couple of things in the in the chapter of, of, of towards the end of the Gospel of Saint Mark, he's talking more about the the kingdom of heaven and starting by parables. Starting by parables, we talked about the parable of the sower. Starting starting two parables of the sower, the one that actually went and. Uh, the seeds fell into different soils, and then each one has its own issues, and we talked about this. And then another very, very uh, 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 short parable about sower also, but from, from that particular message, we learned that we don't know how the seed grows, right? It's just a person, again, as it says here, 
in, in Mark 4.26, and he said, the kingdom of God is a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. And we're talking about this in, in, the, in the sense of what, what makes the seed grow without knowing. The grace of God, the Holy Spirit, the work of the Spirit, right? You need to, to be uh, uh, intentional, we need to know, but then the growth itself, the process of growing itself is basically the work of the Spirit in us. He doesn't know how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in, a, in the sickle because the harvest has come. And with that, there's another one more parable in the chapter, which is the common and very, very known parable of the mustard seed. And then after this, you see another chapter, another uh, section, if I may say that, end of chapter four and towards the full chapter five. And we'll talk about this more and more. So again, it is towards the end of chapter four, but it is a section by itself talking about something else. And we'll talk about, and just as a reminder also that we said, the way the book was written, the way the, the scripture was written, there was no division of chapters and verses and everything. It was just all one, one text, one text. So let's let's uh, start with with the thirty to uh, to thirty four first, four verses, which has a lot to say in them. Uh, parable of the mustard seed, and then we'll move on hopefully towards the the last passage of of the gospel and by doing by doing this we're starting a different section of the of the gospel also so let's read first and as we said before we're reading from the esv and um, let's read from 26 till 20 uh sorry from 30 till 34 and he said with what can we compare the kingdom of god or what parable shall we use for it it is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it sows, it grows up. When it's sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. And here again, you see how St. Mark is very much focused on the, the, the special relationship between, between him and between his disciples, right? That, you know, after with, with all the teaching and everything, but he, he specifically mentions again that privately, he will talk to his own disciples and explaining everything. The mustard seed. Okay. What do you what what do we know about the mustard seed? First of all, very tiny. Okay. What else? Big tree. Big tree. When it grows, it becomes big tree. Okay. Good. What else? As a seed itself, as a plant itself, do you know anything about it? In order to, to know this, let's read part of, um, of, of the fathers and see what they say about it. Because it's very important and very interesting to know exactly uh, what, what, what does that mean you know, when we talk about the, the 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 mustard and why why specifically the mustard seed so yes it was it was a small seed we know that not the smallest but the smallest that the israelites would uh, plant at that time so not necessarily the smallest of the seeds but actually it is uh, the smallest of of the plant that they are used to uh, to 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 uh, plant so let's let's see uh clement of alexandria first of all he talks about um about the, the 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 mustard seed in a very um, very nice way actually and 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 uh, important for us to understand what um, what distinguish the mustard seed from any from anything else. So, if I can find it, we'll read it together. 
There it is. Clement of Alexandria. Clement of Alexandria yeah. from second century, probably. He talks about it in a very interesting way. And I want you to read this and then see how this applies to us also. The word which proclaims the kingdom of heaven is sharp and pungent as mustard. So here he's saying that the mustard is what? Sharp and pungent. It represses bile, which is what? Bitter, anger. So he, he compares this to anger. And checks inflammation, which is pride. From this word flows the soul's true vitality and fitness for eternity. We'll talk about it more. To such increased size did the growth of the word come that the tree which sprang from it, that is the church of Christ now being established over the whole earth, filled the world so that the birds of the air, that is holy, angels and lofty souls dwelt in its branches, fragments from the Katina. This is from uh, uh, Clement of Alexander. What does he say? What, what, is he, why, what is he trying to say? Why am I bringing this up in the beginning of the, of the study, first of all? What do you think? So he's describing the mustard as a plant, as a seed itself. In, in, in what way? It's a medicine, right? It is sharp, it is, it is uh, um, pungent, it, is, it, is, uh, it has its own special character, right? But for, for what reason? For what reason? Right, right. In in pharmacy, we have something called counter irritant. <laughs> so in in the in the field of medicine, when you have certain kind of creams or, or ointments, uh, that is like for example uh, capsaicin, which is actually the the hot pepper. It is used in order to treat inflammation. Why? In what way? Because you are irritating the skin in one way that it forgets the other inflammation, right? So you put you put when 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 you put in the same manner of, of icy hot or something like that right so it is it is actually in in a way uh in uh, medical and, and, and medicinal when you try to use something astringent or something that's bitter in order to treat something else right so he's saying here that that in in, in this way the the mustard seed with its uh characters of being sharp and pungent it represses anger and pride it represses anger and pride. So what is the mustard seed here again that repress that suppresses anger and pride? The Holy Spirit, okay. What else? What do you think? Hmm? The word of God, because that's what he's talking about here, the word of God, right? What else? Later on, one of the other fathers actually, as you read. It, Hi Buna, this is Martha about... Faith. Martha, how are you? Hi, Abuna. Good to hear your voice. <laughs> How are you? All is well, thank God. Good. Yes. Uh, I, I, what I was saying is that, uh, um, are we talk, talking about faith? Faith also, yes. That is very, very small faith. You start with something you very can, small. You can, the, one of the um, verses about um, saying, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say this to move from here right. to there or move the mountain, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah. So thank you, Margaret. So in a way, the mustard seed also is the faith, the small, very little faith that we have that will increase into so and so and so, right? And that is also, again, we, when, if we're talking about that same passage of Clement of Alexandria, saying that the faith is what is needed in order to conquer what, or to suppress what? anger and pride and all the, the vices that you're struggling with, right? How can that work? How does the faith work against all those vices? In what way? Remember, we were talking Sorry, about- Sorry, can you, can you re-ask your question? The, the, how can the faith, that is very little as mustard seed will be able to actually help to, to suppress or repress the anger and pride and every other kind of, of vices that you're struggling with. How is that possible? Prayer. So faith in prayer. 
Okay, faith in prayer. That when we have faith, that we pray that God will the power the, the power of prayer and having faith in that prayer is to actually That's believe, not just to talk. That's a very good point. That we have faith in the prayer that we pray that we ask the Lord Himself to give us the renewal, to give us freedom from 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 other things. What else? What do you guys think? Okay. Okay, that's a very good point. So we have faith that the commandments, as we always see, the commandments always comes with with what, with its power to obey, right? So the word of God, exactly as He called the the disciples in the beginning and said, "Follow me." And we always, we always say that the word always and the commandment always comes with its own power. Right, it's very very important point. So again, God didn't just give us the commandment so we can stand against it or towards it and say, "Well, it's too hard to do it." I don't think well, you're you're setting us up for failure. No, God is giving the commandments, and with the commandments, He gives the power to to obey it. Right? When He says, "Love your enemy," like how can I love them? We're just talking on Wednesday about forgiveness, right? And how forgiveness is something that's very very hard, right? But when He said, "Forgive each other." I'm empowering you by my word in order to be able to forgive also, right? right. So here, that's why when he starts with, again, going, going towards that passage of, of the scripture again and continuing to, to talk about the kingdom. Remember, again, he's establishing a new kingdom. So he's explaining to them what does that kingdom look like? And what is, what is that kingdom? The kingdom is, as it says here, we compare the kingdom of God, what parable shall we use it? It's like a grain of mustard seed. How often do we really understand that the kingdom of God is like the grain of mustard seed? In, in what way? In what way? It is within us, exactly, within us. And that's exactly what, again, if you look at this passage, and we read another, another very, very, very beautiful passage that explains this in very, very much, that that kingdom of God, that seed, the word of God that is, that is planted in our heart, the Holy Spirit that's in our body as the temple, the Lord Jesus Christ, when we partake from the, from the communion, from the Eucharist, the body and blood that, that dwells in us, that small thing becomes what? Becomes, grows into something else. As he says here in, 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 uh, in uh, Clement of Alexandria, it becomes the whole church, right? It becomes, he says that to such increased size did the growth of the word come that the tree which sprang from it that is the church of Christ now being established over the whole earth, right? It started with what? With how many? The church started with how many? One, who is what? Who is who? And then 12, and then 300, and then 500, and then 1,000, and then the whole world, the whole world. And that is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is his church on earth here, right? Started with something that's very, very little, very small, very tiny. But because it's God's word, because it has his power. Right? So it is very, very, when he starts to, 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 to build that kingdom and to share that kingdom and to establish that kingdom, he is in a way also encouraging them and saying, you know what, don't, be, uh, don't belittle yourself or belittle your faith. That like, who am I to change the world? And this is something we always say, right? We always say that, like, okay, what different am I going to do for the whole world? The whole world is struggling. And you know, whether I'm faithful or not, it's not going to make any difference. It's only me, right? But here he's saying, it's very, very encouraging. He's saying what? That even if it starts with you, that small little faith that we have is able to do what? To become a whole victory. And that's what he's saying. It became the whole church that, that spread throughout the whole world, right? How often do we really think of ourselves that we are useless? What am I supposed to do? Whether within my very, very small circle or family or service or church or community or mission or, 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 right? Like, who am I? You know, it doesn't matter, right? And because we have that mindset, what is the, what is the result of that mindset? Hmm? Inferiority, exactly. Nothing happens, right? 
And if each one of us be, start to think this way, the whole church is, is, is going to do what? To collapse. To collapse. So he is saying that as he's establishing that new kingdom, he's saying, be, be careful, be aware. That don't, don't, be, don't belittle yourself or belittle your faith. Just be faithful. Be faithful. You can change the world. You can change your family. You can change your neighbors. You can change your, just again, as, as, as an example that I, I personally learned myself, you know, when, when I walk into my neighborhood, like, okay, what am I supposed to, my, to do to my neighborhood? Literally, nothing. But do I take the time and actually pray for my neighbors? What does it take? It takes small little faith that, you know, through the prayer, right? That actually God is able and willing to. I'm not, again, as we always say, we're not looking at results. Okay, like we have been in this neighborhood for the last five years and nothing happened. It's not my, it's not, it's not my job. But my job is to continue to pray for my neighborhood. Right? And that's why during the liturgy, we pray for this in, in, in the liturgies. What do we say? The salvation of this place, for this city. Right, when we pray for the salvation of the of the litany of the of the place, right, that we 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 intentionally do this, praying for the salvation of this city and every city, every island, right, because this city is my responsibility. I'm not here in the city in Plymouth haphazard. No, each one of you is not in the city that you're living in for no reason. But again. The devil will always come to us and say, what? What are you going to do? What difference are you going to do? Just forget about it. Right? What do you think of that mindset? Is it challenging? Is it ridiculous? Is it crazy? Is it? What do you think? I want to hear from you. devil makes it harder that we believe that we will make a difference and we just mind our own okay. is it the devil or us okay. okay you don't have to share the word of God by standing in the corner of your neighborhood and preaching but again as simple as I pray for my neighborhood what courage does it need to just pray for a neighborhood? Yes, exactly. It goes back to the faith again. That you like, no, this, this prayer will touch somebody. Will touch somebody. We don't know how many houses in my neighborhood are really struggling. Right? How many people in my church are really struggling? And I start to pray for the others. But you said something very, very important, Myrna, which is we are so much caught up with ourselves, with our own problems, with our own issues, to the point that we don't even think about. But that's why this parable here, although some commentators take it in a different way, but that's why this parable here talks about it becomes a tree that all the what? The birds. The birds is as, as Clement of Alexandria talks about it here. He talks about it as, as an actual what? Let's read it again. That is the church of Christ now being established over the whole earth, filled the world so that the birds of the air, that is holy angels and lofty souls, dwelt in its branches. So the branches, that the tree is the, becoming a very great big tree, right, is a reason for what? For angels and for lofty souls. And as we read more and more, it becomes even something more and more glorious that we become something where people who are in need of shelter, of food, of healing, right? will find that. But it has to start where? By each one of us, by each one of us. I think it's a different mindset, Myrna, more than it's difficult. I think it's just the idea of, of what we always talk about, that we are members of the one body, all of us, right? There's another piece of, of, of text here that is very, very, very beautiful, actually, that I want to, to, to read it. And then maybe uh, it's long, but we'll read it step by step. And I want you to, to comment on it. 
Let's see what it does it say. First words by, by a person called Bishop called Peter Chrysologus, not Chrysostomus, but Chrysologus, which is again the, the, the golden world, the golden word, sorry, the golden word, logos, word, chryso, uh, golden. So as Chrysostomus, which is the golden mouth, Chrysologus, which is the golden word. He is a bishop in Italy, uh, 433, he, 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 he died. So fifth century, fifth century. What does he say? Listen to this and read it, and let's um, let's uh, let's contemplate about it. I want you to to put some effort into see what do you get out of this. Okay, it is up to us. I love this beginning, <laughs> right? It is up to us to sow this mustard seed in our minds and let it grow within us into a great tree of understanding, reaching up to heaven and elevating all our faculties. It is up to us to do it, to sow this mustard seed. Where? In our minds. Why it's important in our mind? Uh, online, please unmute yourself and just uh, jump in anytime. Say again. It's up to us to make the decision. Yes. And as we always say, the battle is always the battle of the, of the mind, right? Again, do I should I should I do this or not? Should I think about other people or not? Should I plant the seed and sow it in my mind or not? Right? So what is again? That's why Paul and Saint Paul in Second Corinthians ten five said that capturing every thought into the obedience of the knowledge of God. So he is saying in the beginning, it is up to us to to sow it where in our mind, change the mind. That's why change the mind. Within us into a great tree of understanding, reaching up to heaven and elevating all our faculties. Great. Let it grow within us into a great tree of understanding. Why great tree of understanding? Why understanding? Understanding what, first of all? Understanding the word, exactly. Understanding the word of God. Understanding the purpose. Understanding what God wants from us, right? In in a lot of times, especially in the Proverbs, talks about the wisdom and about the knowledge, right? The knowledge of God is the beginning of what? Yes. The fear of God and the knowledge of God and the understanding, right? So it said that you're not just sowing something without doing, without knowing what you're doing, right? We're not just practicing orthodoxy without knowing what we're doing. I was talking to somebody earlier today and, and talking about, you know, he been away from the church. It was like, I, I don't want to come because I feel awkward because I, I'm not familiar with orthodoxy. He said, well, orthodoxy is not just a, not just a philosophy to follow. It's a life to live, to understand it, right? So it is, grow, let it grow within us into a great tree of understanding, reaching up to heaven and elevating all our faculties. What is all our faculties? Hmm? Our senses and everything else, right? Our holistic, our whole being as a person, as a soul, as a body, as a mind, as everything, right? We're not just worshiping, you know, in one in one, you know, just outside of, of, of the whole human being, right? So he's saying, elevating all our faculties, then it will spread out branches of knowledge. So when we have understanding, it will spread out what? Knowledge. How is that like in, in practical way? Meaning there's heavenly knowledge or heavenly wisdom, and then there's earthly wisdom? Great point, Martha. Yes. We take from God, as James said, the giver of all, every good gift comes from above, right? And then we, when, when we start to, to, to live our life, it's full of what? Of godly wisdom, of the knowledge, because we understand, right? You were going to say something, Nadir. I was just going to say understand the word of God, but then we can go into Jesus Christ. 
Yes, we will we'll, 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 we'll use this as the light for other people also. We'll become source of knowledge for other people, right? The pungent savor of its fruit will make our mouth burn. Remember again, the mustard seed is what? Pungent, right? So here again, the same thing. So that will make our mouth burn in what way? In a good way or a bad way? Both. How come? Why? It might be difficult. Okay. Yes. Might be difficult. It will be difficult. Right? Like, you know, they, um, eating certain, certain foods that don't taste too good. Okay. But it's good for your body. It's good for your body, right? Or medicine that is bitter, yes. right? But it's, 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 it has its own power of healing, right? So he is saying that this will, the pungent savor of its fruit will make our mouth burn. Its fiery kernel will kindle a blaze within us, inflaming our hearts. Right? So, inflaming our hearts here, it's in a good way. Right? It takes away, it burns down everything else that is that is standing against our knowledge of Christ. But it, it will also kindle that heart with that flame. So he talks about this is all talking about what the mustard seed. Yes. It will. It will, because as you'll see here again, that will be the, 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 that this is the understanding, right? That we understand what is, what are the things that will bring us closer to God and what are the things that will actually standing in between that, that knowledge, right? Its fiery kernel will kindle a blaze within us, inflaming our hearts, and the taste of it will dispel our unenlightened repugnance. Repugnance, repugnance means disgusting, actually. I was looking it up. So he's saying what the taste of it, the taste of it will dispel our enlightened repugnance. The taste of the mustard seed will take away the taste of what? The disgusting taste that's in our mouth. In a way, it's, it purifies, right? It purifies. The word of God purifies, right? It will take away a bad and replace it with the good. And that's what we always say in fighting any kind of vice, right? If we're fighting lust, if we're fighting anger, if we're fighting anything, replace it with something else. You can just keep fighting, 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 and not replacing it. So he is saying this. Yes, it is true. A mustard seed is indeed an image of the kingdom of God. Christ is the kingdom of God, of heaven. Sown like a mustard seed in the garden of the virgin's womb. <laughs> the garden of St. Mary is like the the, 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 the womb of the same is like the garden that the mustard seed is sown in that womb in order to bring what he grew up into the tree of the cross whose branches stretch across the world crushed in the mortar of the passion its fruits has produced seasoning enough for the flavoring and preserve, preservation of every living creature with which it comes in contact Uh, let me pause here for a minute because this is this is very very deep, right? If if according to this, if Christ is that mustard seed that is planted, right, and crushed on the cross in the mortar of the passion, in order to give the fruit producing seasoning enough for the flavoring and preservation of every living creature, how how close are we to this kind of definition in a practical life? In a practical life. How, how is the cross, how is, you know, the, the, the Feast of the Cross on the 19th, March 19th, so not this Sunday, the following Sunday. How really the passion of Christ and the, the, and the cross of, 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 of the Lord is that tree that comes out of the mustard seed that its fruit will give really flavoring and preservation of every living creature with which it comes in contact. What do you think? How practical that, that is? On a daily basis, like if you start again, look at your day. I'm, I'm, I'm a very practical person. If you start, look at your day. The moment you start in the morning till the end of the day. How often can we think in this way of thinking? Not necessarily contemplating, but, but relating things, right? 
not constantly contemplating, but relating whatever we go through again, whether it's, it is it is it is hardships, whether it is trouble, whether it's good things, bad things, how much the the work of of the the bitterness of the mustard seed is actually bringing flavor and bringing preservation for us. Same thing. Christ and the word of God is and the word is the same. In faith. In a practical way, what does it mean? What does it mean? Okay. So, in a sense, we have to to try to, to uh, and, and, and I, I think it was Saint Peter. He, his shadow, when his shadow fell on people, they were healed. Right. Uh, and so that's our our role, in a sense, that we have to be there. Like anything that comes in contact, if we are in God's group. You should be hearing anything that comes in consciousness. I, I like the, the idea, Albert, of, 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 the, of, the, of, the, of the woman with the bleeding, right? That she comes and says, if I touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed, right? So what we're, what we're talking about, again, what, what my point of this question is, how, how, how often we relate everything that we go through our life to him? Yes. Abuna? I think I see what um, what you're saying about the beginning of the day, like how we go through it. I think yes. I um, I'm I see like the mustard seed as being like at the start of the day. It's so small. It's just like the beginning of the day. Like for example, you just start to see the sunrise, and it's so small. And you kind of I think about it in that way as the day goes on. You know, you begin to see it grow, um, and you begin to to observe that. Um, I guess that's that's kind of how I see it. That's beautiful, Stephanie. That's beautiful. That's exactly the starting the whole day with that little time even that we're able to offer. And as the beginning of, you know, if you if you if you are a, if you are a, a morning person, wake up early and you see that uh, that uh, transition from from darkness into light, and you see the sun the sunrise, and that little thing. And if this is related to God, then the whole day is actually blessed. And you see this, you sense that the day is going well, right? Versus again, I'm removing that small little thing from my from my life and then I'm just going on with my with my routine and, and I'm not planting anything. Again, as it says in the beginning, it is my, it is up to us to sow this in a very practical way. And the reason I'm pushing about practicality because we're not just here to, 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 to list some kind of ideology. It has to be practical. I have to practice Christ in every single step that I'm doing. Otherwise, we're not doing anything. We're not just following some rules, just following some ideology, some philosophy. And Christianity is not philosophy. Yes, Julian, you wanted to say something? Yes. Yes. Right. Right. So every every single thing that I'm going through throughout the day, again, I'm I'm challenged by my boss or by uh, the traffic or by the neighbors or my family or my kids or my parents or whatever. You have to look at it through this lens that God is trying to get something. He's crushing me for a reason. Crushing me for a reason. But usually when we go through any kind of trouble or any kind of, of, of challenges, we the first thing we do is we complain and we don't see it through God's lenses at all, right? But here he's saying, as long as mustard seed remains intact, its properties lie dormant. It's, it's not good. It's not good. So the idea again of, of knowing that there is a purpose, back again to the understanding. That's why he started by understanding. Because if I understand what God wants from me, what is the purpose of life, I'll relate everything 
throughout my life, even if it's very, very hard and, 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 and troublesome, bring it back again to that. Right? And then why, as, and that's what I'm talking about here, where it says, Christ became all things in order to restore all of us in himself. Christ become all things. That's what exactly Abunadmina was talking about in the, in the college retreat, if you remember, right? What is the blessing? That he becomes everything. He becomes everything. Right? And, and it, 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 it's, it's a good time to question ourselves. Is he really everything for us or not? That small little thing grows and becomes everything. Becomes everything. Right? What other thoughts? Hi, Buna, this is Martha. Um, I was going to say um, just that to kind of echo what you were saying about um, that, you know, the, 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 the goal is longevity. It's not just to uh, get the, um, you know, to be Christ-like is right. to be Christian right? To be Christ-like. And it's not just, okay, a couple of times here and there, or you take communion and then after communion, okay, we're good. And then everybody goes and gossips about each other and, oh, well, you took communion, so you're good. No, I mean, to be honest, I think half of the people shouldn't be taking communion, but that's just my own personal opinion. But um, <laughs> so, I, I mean, it is really important. And uh, that's something that I always touch on in fact the other day I was having a conversation about it that the more that people like force and then they do it for the wrong reasons just to appease it it serves no purpose because at the end of the day right. what, what good does it do for you it doesn't provide there's no longevity there so the, the key is longevity it's it's to always come to church and to understand it or why do we take communion or why does Abuna do things a certain way or why, why, why? Because there's a reason behind everything. And it becomes uh, a life to live and not just things to do. And that, that's what we always see. It becomes a life to live. Again, that's why it's understanding. Like it's, I was just talking to somebody earlier today. It's like, okay, it's not just about, you know what, I'm coming to church on Sunday. I feel right. good about it. And I don't have to do right. anything else. Right. And I think that I don't have to do anything because I come, yeah. here I am, I do two hours and every week and that's it. Yeah, exactly. And, and um, you know, I can't, I, I, it's like people, <laughs> it's like people that, you know, it's not just to go to church and then that's it. Just, just like you said. And, right. Um, and that, you know, that's I mean, why this particular passage ends with a very, very important, important statement. And I also it think says, that it's really important for kids to understand this too, because, you know, growing up, we're just told to say, say agios otios, but we're really not told why do we say agios otios, right? right? Why? Right. And that's one thing that I wish when we were kids. That, that comes back know, to the uh, beginning, understanding. And when we understand, we will give knowledge. Exactly. We we give. Exactly. Exactly. The way exactly. he ends this passage by, by a beautiful way. When he promised a kingdom to the patriarchs, when the Lord promised kingdom to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the seed took root in them. With the prophets, it sprang up. So here again, it started with the patriarchs, and then that, that seed sprung in the prophets, right? With the apostles, it grew tall. See the continuation of the work of God from the patriarch, from Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the prophets, the apostles. In the church, it became a great tree putting forth innumerable branches laden with gifts. See the continuation, there is no separation here, right? That's the same word started, the promise started with, with Abraham, continued in the prophets, grew in the apostles, gave fruit in the church. And then look at this at the end, what does he say? And now you too must take the wings of the psalmist dove, gleaming gold in the rays of divine light. So now he's saying this is our responsibility. It cannot just come to our, our level and stops there, right? That seed, the mustard seed that started with the patriarchs and grew and became a, a tall tree and became fruitful. Now it's our job to do what? To make it continue. 
Yes, in Hebrews 11, at the end of the Hebrews 11, all the heroes of the faith, they are waiting for you to complete their struggle. So that's what he's saying, gleaming gold in the rays of divine sunlight and fly to rest forever among those sturdy, fruitful branches. No snares are set to trap you there. Fly off then with confidence and dwell securely in its shelter. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Let me read this last passage again. And now you too must take the wings of the psalmist doll, gleaming gold in the rays of divine sunlight, and fly to rest forever among those sturdy, fruitful branches. No snares are set to trap you there. Fly off then with confidence and dwell securely in its shelter. Dwell securely in shelter. The shelter of what again? What is it's related to? Or referred to the, the church, which is started by the mustard seed that planted right in the patriarchs and grew till right now. So it, it's 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 beautiful passage. That's why I wanted to share it with you because it's really make us feel the the again we always talk about the the the, the mustard seed and how tiny it is and with the faith and the mountain all those things. But you know what? It's not related. I cannot relate to it at all. But you see that that's mustard seed. Christ Himself who planted himself in order to continue to become a tree that will 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 bring everybody to the to those branches so he's saying now the quote says that you fly off there are no snares that are set to stop you there are no snares to stop that are that are set to stop you just go on move on because you are what will determine if this tree will continue to grow or not Right? That's why, again, as we say, when we read the Snexarium in the, in the Holy Liturgy, we don't end it by Amen. Because it continues. It continues. And we read it after the Book of Acts. Right? Because it's a continuation of the work of the Apostles. And imagine, again, that small, tiny mustard seed and the beaut beautiful, strong tree. And if I am not faithful, that can stop that growth. It's basically he's saying that this is up to you. This is up to you whether you, you, you start this and you continue this or not. It's like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it's sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. Again, remember that this is Christ himself, the word of God that is planted in us in order to grow and to grow and to grow and become a shelter for other people. The last passage of the of the of the of the chapter, as I said before, it is taking us into a different um, different section. So basically, again, in order to 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 understand what's happening here, from just kind of give you the division or the 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 breakdown of this from from Mark four thirty five till Mark five forty three. We're not confused. I like to kind of keep keep uh, uh, the same uh, uh, flow of the text itself. It's basically here he's talking about oh, after all the teaching, after all the parables, after all the miracles. Now he's saying that he is the conqueror. He is the victorious. Right? Victorious over what? We'll talk about four D's. Okay. So from thirty-five, Mark. 435 to 41, victory over dangers. From Mark 5, 1 to 520, victory over demons. Mark 25, 21 to 34, victory over disease. And finally, Mark 5, 35 to 43, victory over death. Victory over death. So that's what we We'll, we'll, again, we talked about establishing the people, establishing the, the family, establishing the kingdom. What does that kingdom mean like, right? How I can be part of that kingdom? And then, okay, as part of the kingdom, as part of his family, as part of his people, we are what? We're victorious. We're victorious. Dangers. That's the story of the, of the, of the storm. The story of the storm, right? 
And, and again, the, the, on that day, as it says here in that passage, on that day, which day he's talking about? Same day, the same day he's been giving all the teaching, right? So as if what's happening here, what, what, what do you think what's happening here? On that day, after all these teachings and after all the parables, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they looked, they took him with him with they took him with them in the boat in the boat just as he was and other boats were with him and a great wind storm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion and they woke him and said to him teacher do you not care that we are perishing and he awoke and rebuked the wind and he said and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Where does this come? Why is it important that this is coming after all the teaching? What do you think? Yes. After all the learning, this is the time for tests. Did you get the lesson? Right? And it's amazing if you look at the text, there is something very, very important in verse 35. What is that? Not only the test is coming, you told them what? Well, what does that mean? Not only that, but he's, he's, he's telling them what? That they will, they will reach the other side. It's right there, right? He's giving them the, 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 the promise and the fact. Let us go across to the other side. He's not saying, let's try to go. He's not saying, well, let's see if we can make it or not. He's not saying, okay, well, I don't know what's going to happen tonight, but here we are. Let's just, let, let, let's uh, Test our luck. <laughs> no, he's saying what? We're going to get to the other side. From the get going, before anything else, let us go across to the other side. And remember, he's saying this after the, 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 the witnessed what? Everything. All, not just the teaching, all the miracles. You know, remember? All the miracles that we went through in the last few chapters. And that's why at the end, he goes like, you know, it's, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Haven't you seen everything? Haven't you seen the 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 the, the woman and the paralyzed and the, all those things? Haven't you seen those things? And I'm here from the get going. I'm getting. I'm telling you what. Let us go to the other side. Okay. Right. Even if he's sleeping in the bottom of the boat, because he never sleeps, right? <laughs> he's saying that I am the creator, right? And and that's what you know when he says peace, be still, you know, open, get up, carry your bed all those orders because he is the one he's the creator right so he's not talking as to the creation as he's under the creation no he has that authority over the creation because he's the creator right so from the get going he's telling them let us go across to the other side we're going to go to the other side can you relate this to our relationship with him or not does he tell us let us go to the other side and what other side does he talk to us about what do you think? Further into our spiritual life, that's one thing, right? Get to the deep, right? Right, like I promised you, I'm gonna get you through this. What else? What else? What's the other side here? Eternity, kingdom, right? Where I will be, you will be with me. I want to prepare to you 
a place. Let's go to the other side. That's what, that's what we're doing, right? We are in that sea of the world in the trip with him, even though we think that he is sleeping sometimes, but he is from the get going, he's telling us, let us go to the other side, right? So why are you afraid? Why can't we trust that we are able, that he will strengthen us, establish us, purifies us, guides us, and gives us the power to get to the other side, right? How often do we think of life this way? Let me rephrase it. How often are we confident that we're gonna go to the other side? Let's get to the other side. I'm here with you. I'm here with you. But in order to get to the other side, they have to, something that's very, very important here, I have to turn to him and arouse him in my heart. This is one of the fathers saying. I'll, I'll end with this because it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, passage here again. No, that's what you get because of my uh, lots of reading. So you have to bear with me. But look at this. origin or as many as are in the little ship of faith are sailing with the lord as many as are in the bark of holy church will voyage with the lord across the wave tossed life though the lord himself may sleep in holy quiet he is but watching your patience and endurance so he's not sleeping he's doing what watching your patience and endurance looking forward to the repentance and to the conversion of those who have sinned come then to him eagerly instead instant in prayer see how it's it's linked all together here in a very beautiful way right when they turn to him to walk him up that's repentance because repentance is what changing in direction right and that's why you know augustine says something that's beautiful 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 i'll, I'll, I'll close with this here I'll read it and I want you to, to share your thoughts with us in the next five minutes here. So we're uh, only 10 minutes over. Augustine says this, when you have to listen to abuse, that means you are being buffeted by the wind. When your anger is roused, you are being tossed by the waves. So when the winds blow and the waves mount high, the boat is in danger. Your heart is imperiled, right? Imperial, sorry. Your heart is taking a battering. On hearing yourself insulted, you long to retaliate. But the joy of revenge brings with it another kind of misfortune. Shipwreck. <laughs> Why is this? Because Christ is asleep in you. Christ is asleep in you. What do I mean? I mean you have forgotten his presence. Rouse him, then remember him. Let him keep watch within you pay heed to him a temptation arises it is the wind it disturbs you it is the surging of the sea this is the moment of awaken to awaken christ and let him remind you of those words who can this be even the winds and the sea obeys him what is what is augustine saying here i'll send it to you yes what does it say did you get what it's saying or not? Kind of? What do you think? Somebody explain, because I, I didn't get all the, the whole thing. <laughs> I can't even read it. <laughs> There's always like obstacles and things in front of us. Okay. And temptation arises, and then like, because Christ is sleeping in us. Yes. We are kind of like consumed by, you know, the fear of Right. But what's confusing me is the part it says, but the joy of revenge brings with it another kind of misfortune shipwreck. Yes. Talking about how can they be joy of revenge? Like revenge on what? What do you think? But the joy, on hearing yourself insulted, you long to retaliate. So the joy of that, right? Like when you are insulted, you want to retaliate. Right. 
And then when you get revenge, you bring kind of right. Like that is shipwreck. That's what he's saying is what when we are fighting our own fight, not going to him and telling him, wake up. He's given us. Or you, that's like kind of like if you give into the temptation, you get that. Yes, yes, right. When you when we give into temptation, we have that false joy, right? Yeah. Right. Being yes. A, yes. Desire, I guess. Right. Yes. But at the end of the day, it's what? It's a shipwreck. Shipwreck. <laughs> Beautiful. That's the million dollar passage today. <laughs> Right? At the end of the day, it's a shipwreck. Why is this? Because Christ is asleep in you. I think if we get something out of today's discussion is this question. Is Christ asleep in us? Is Christ asleep in us? If he is, rose him. Remember him. Let him keep watch within you. By doing what? By calling his name, by calling on his name, by praying all the time, by remembering him all the time, by again linking everything that we go through throughout the day to him. Our problem again that we are totally, we fall into that trap of totally separated from him. We do things away from him. Let's say, rose him, remember him, let him keep watch within you, pay heed to him. A temptation arises, it is the wind, it disturbs you, it is the surging of the sea. This is the moment of to awaken Christ and let him remind you that of those words, who can this be? Even the winds and the sea obey him. Even the wind. It's beautiful, it's amazing, amazing. So let's 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 keep that in mind. Again, you know, he's again what we've been studying so far, how he is establishing his people, establishing his family, establishing his kingdom. What does that kingdom look like? What are the character characteristics of this kingdom? Ended up by the, the seed and the word and the, the, the different type of soils that whatever you do. And then we talked about the mustard seed as you as we read, it is up to you whether you sow this in your mind and get the understanding and get the knowledge and share this with others and continue what he started from the time of the patriarchs. It's beautiful. He sown the seed in the, in the patriarchs and grew with the prophets and multiplied with the apostles. And here we are in the church. Now it's up to you to fly free and to bring it back and to continue to work that, right? And then as part of his family, part of his kingdom, part of his, of his people, we are what? Victorious. But only we're victorious when we do what? When we, as I said, the last question, when we awoke him, arouse him, right? Make him, you know, don't, don't, don't keep him, you know, hidden. Right? And that's when we say, and we say with them, who is this? Even the what? The, the wind and the sea obeys him also. Amen. Final thoughts or comments? Yes. Why is the Timothy Grigal parable of the mustard seed? Did he just say to his disciples and not the disciples? Because like it specifically said they were private. So why does it not help? He's establishing again, as, as we just read the whole thing, establishing that this is the church, right? So he wants to make sure that they understand that. What's that the question? The question is why the parable of the mustard seed is for the disciples only, right? When it says in first, without parable, he did not speak to them, but privately. It doesn't specify here that he was talking to them. He was, it, it's an explanation that at the end that he was explaining them to them. But but from the beginning, it doesn't say that that he was only to them, right? Because it's a continuation again to what he was talking to them uh, before. Explain to them. Yes. 
Right. He explained to them privately, right? But he will give the parable to everybody. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. What else? Are there any other questions? Okay. Before it's done, thank God. We'll continue again. Remember that next time again, victory over demons. That's why I start with that big, huge story with the demons and the, the Gadarenes. And then victory over what else did we say? Disease. And then finally death. That's chapter five. Chapter five. Again, so this is the character of his own people, his own kingdom, and his own family. That we are walking in that in that thing. That's why, by the way, if you, if you look at it, that the, the, the feast of the cross in the, is in the middle of the of the land, the fast, right? So we're going through that and we are looking at the cross and being victorious by the cross and then moving with that power to continue that that journey so it's not just there have hazard but it's uh, it's beautiful timing that it's it's in the middle for a reason reason that's what we go through and then what that's how we continue by the power of the cross we'll continue it's chapter five god willing next time okay let's pray and then we can in the name of the Father, and the Son, the Holy Spirit, and that. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this time, for this evening. Thank you, Lord, for your words. Lord, thank you, Lord, for what you uh, plant in our hearts and our mind, Lord, giving us the understanding, giving us, Lord, the wisdom, giving us, Lord, the knowledge, Lord, uh, through your Holy Spirit. Uh, as we, as it said, Lord, that we don't know how it's grown, Lord, but it's your work, Lord. Pray, Lord, that you, uh, your Spirit will awaken, Lord, uh, our hearts and will kindle that fire in our hearts, Lord. Even if it's bitter, even if it hurts, but uh, it's for your glory, Lord, that we can be transformed to your image, that we can really continue, Lord, uh, the plan that you planted from the time of the patriarchs, Lord, and we continue to be a reason for that tree to continue to grow and to continue to be a shelter for everybody else. Lord. Praying for my brothers and sisters, praying for those who are away from you, for those who do not know you, for those who want to leave you, Lord, do not leave them. For those who have no one to remember them, remember everyone. So prayers of all your saints, in your name, Lord, hear us and we praising our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. That will be done. Give us this day. Forgive us our trespass. As if we give those trespass. Lead us not temptation, but deliver. Go in peace and have a good night, everyone. Good to see you. Thank you, Abuna. Thank you, Abuna. Thank you. Thank you, Abuna. Good to see you, Martha. Come back. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank you, Abuna.